Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace, Gather family. Uh, Welcome to Sunday Morning Online. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed your week. Uh, If you are in Texas, I hope you enjoyed kind of the uh, last few weeks of uh, good weather, okay weather, right? Uh, And this is what you live in Texas for, uh, that you just live in Texas for maybe, you know, the the month and a half of cool weather that we will get. Uh, And so I'm going to cherish this moment and know that it is God's provision, right? I receive it in the name of the Lord. And so uh, if that is you, uh, I am with you in that enjoyment. Uh, and if you are outside of Texas, please join in with us in the joyous moment of good weather. Uh, anyways, so I'm Andre. I'm a pastor here, pastor of formation here. Uh, and I am excited to share with you uh, in Jonah 3. First, just to jog your memory a little bit, I'm going to walk through uh, kind of our recap. And so, as we see in Jonah 1, uh, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah, son of Amittai. Now, uh, Jonah actually means dove, right? Uh, Which is just a beautiful name. It's just a great and beautiful name. And son of Amittai means son of faithfulness. So, Jonah is... Dove, son of faithfulness, right? And as we see throughout the story, he is anything but faithful to the mission and journey God has called him to. And so, as we see when God says, Jonah, go and preach to the city of Nineveh, Jonah looks at God and says, I know what you're up to. I'm not excited about it. And so he makes a move and goes the exact opposite way that God has asked him to go. And so he finds himself on this boat with a couple friends, you could say. And so as they're journeying the opposite way in which God has called Jonah, the waves begin to crash the boat. And as you can imagine, you're in the middle of the sea. And of course, um, I'd imagine this wasn't a cruise ship. And so you're kind of nervous, right? So they're calling out to their gods. They're throwing everything overboard. They're trying to figure out, yo, what is going on and how did this happen? Uh, We chose the wrong route to go in the wrong time of month to go. And now they look and they see Jonah sleeping. As you can imagine, I'm throwing everything overboard. I'm calling on my gods. And now, Jonah, you're just hanging out, sleeping. And so, of course, they become suspicious, right? So then Jonah, of course, as they have this dialogue, they begin to, Jonah begins to try to convince them to throw him overboard. He says, if you throw me overboard, the waves will stop. And so finally they convince, or Jonah convinces him, them to throw him overboard. And they do. And the waves stop. And if Jonah, you know, of course Jonah's like, this is it. You know, I'm gone. I'm done. And God provides a fish to swallow him. Swallow him. We don't know if it's a whale. We don't know uh, if it's just a big tuna. We don't know what it is, right? 
But God provides a fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah spends three days and three nights in the belly of this fish. And he throws up prayers, hymns, psalms, all the things in the belly of this fish. As you can imagine, Jonah was extremely uncomfortable, and so was the fish, I bet, right? The fish doesn't even get love in this situation. I would believe the fish was fairly uncomfortable with the grown person inside the belly. So, uh, of course, as this fish is uncomfortable, maybe acid reflux happens, who knows what is going on here, but the fish spits Jonah up back on shore. We don't know where this shore is. I don't know what shore it is. But, we do know this is where we begin in Jonah 3. And just as Jonah 1 starts, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, in chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. So instead of Jonah, son of Amittai, we see Jonah a second time. And this is where I see that God is a God of second chances. That he created space for Jonah, no matter how bitter Jonah is, how frustrated Jonah is. No matter how in this story, everybody is not acting the way that we would expect them to act. That God is showing us throughout this story that nobody is outside the bounds of God's love. And God throws or the fish in its acid reflux, throws Jonah up on the shore. And the word of the Lord is steady pursuing Jonah. And it says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Now I want to put a pause right there. Maybe you, as you're reading this story, you're just frustrated with Jonah. You just can't believe it. You're like, come on, Jonah. Come on. Like, fish swallowed you. You're kicking in the belly of the fish. And you end up on shore. You're alive. Come on. Come on, Jonah. You got to get it now. Or maybe you're frustrated that God would be so gracious to a city, to a Syrian empire, to an empire that has been known for its brutality, has been known for killing and hanging bodies on the, the walls of the kingdom so their enemies could see. They're known for their wickedness. They're known for these things. And that God would ask Jonah, and this is what Jonas expected of God. That he knew that God in his graciousness and his expansive love would forgive and give a second chance. There's a tale in Jewish history that says that the Pharaoh of Egypt, uh, when the Israelites were pursued through the Red Sea, when God parted the seas, is that the Pharaoh was not actually with his Egyptian army. Uh, that the Pharaoh did not get swallowed up with his army in the sea. 
and that actually uh, the Pharaoh that was pursuing the Israelites was actually became, then actually later became the king of the city of Nineveh. So if you could imagine where Jonah's coming from, if you could imagine that the story that was almost centerpiece of the Israelite community and life in the Exodus, that we would see Jonah have a visceral reaction to God's grace. And so maybe wherever you are, that we would see that God creating space and his expansive love and his word that is always pursuing all people, that sin is not going unpunished in the way in which uh, our human minds might want it to, if that makes sense. And that when you think of maybe how Jonah feels, this idea that sin is going unpunished and that uh, people are doing horrific things that he does not like and that we assume that, or he's assuming (laughs) that evil has won out, that God is saying that this is an opportunity for the family of God to expand, for the subversive love of God to be revealed. And I hope that we are learning and journeying through this story and seeing that God's love is more expansive than we ever have thought before. But we must be honest. And I think that's the beauty of story. We must be honest with how we feel. Nikki Giovanni writes this, you must be unintimidated by your own thoughts. And she's talking about writing in discourse, in speak, speech, and all these things that Nikki Giovanni has done as a front runner for feminist and black power. She says, you must be unintimidated by, by your own thoughts because if you write with someone else looking over your shoulder, you will never write. And I would say for us as followers of the way of Jesus, that as we read scripture, as we see what's going on in our world, if we think we're supposed to be a certain way and we're never honest with our true thoughts, progress and transformation will never happen. We will never take the step to be our truest selves. So as we learn from Jonah, And now he has a second chance. Let's see what he does. Word of the Lord comes to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. And Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Come on now, Jonah. What? Jonah obeyed. Yeah, he did. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. And Jonah began a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. The fast was proclaimed. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. 
And when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By decree of the king and nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God and let them give up their evil ways and their violence. And the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. One, I want us to give Jonah credit here. I think so many times we've read this story and we just throw shade at Jonah, become self-righteous, judge Jonah. Come on, Jonah, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to, you know. But, but Jonah here obeyed God. And there's a lot of speculation about uh, why this is a this city's a three days journey and Jonah only goes a day in in his short sermon. Five Hebrew words, I believe eight in English. Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. It doesn't say anything about what it's going to be overthrown to. I, I imagine Jonah's hoping that it would be crushed. Uh, I imagine Jonah's hoping that God will um, show Jonah show justice that Jonah wants. But what Jonah gets and what we see again, another surprise in the story, this brutal empire, violent people, wicked people, what do they do on a day's journey? into Nineveh with Jonah one deep going by himself saying 40 more days Nineveh will be overthrown it says the Ninevites believed God and the fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth God's ever pursuing word that Jonah in his obeying, went into this city on a day's journey, and God's word met people probably where they least expected it. Probably where they were headed to the market, probably where they were headed to a friend's house, probably where they were in normal rhythms of life, God's word met them. The history of preaching, pre like preaching has been since the beginning, the word of God in pursuit of people. So what I'm doing in this very moment uh, is not a five word in Hebrew sermon or eight word in English sermon, but I hope that it's helpful. And I hope that the word of God, by the power of the spirit, is pursuing you and your person. And it's this beautiful, transformative art blended with creativity and the exhibition of the relationship between a wondrous, wondrous, creative heaven meeting earth city only repents after a day's journey i i want to i want to pause there and kind of bring up the real tension that jonah knew this would happen and this is why he didn't go in the first place jonah wanted god to be who jonah wanted god to be 
Thomas Burton says this, The beginning of love is the will to let those we love be perfectly themselves. The resolution not to twist them to fit our own image. If in loving them we do not love what they are, but only their potential likeness to ourselves, then we do not love them. We only love the reflection of ourselves we find in them. Now, I don't believe that Jonah was not a devout prophet and never loved God. But I do want to see the reflection in us that a lot of us want God to be who we want God to be. That we would love for God to be angry at the people we are angry at. That we would love for God to be compassionate to the people we are compassionate to and we love. And God is just a God of expansive love beyond bounds and boundaries. And if we're not careful, we will find that we create a God that we want and a God that we desire God to be. When God is much more expansive than those thoughts. And I want us to be encouraged as we journey through this book. Because I think what Jonah does is bring things up to the surface in us. That it shows us our own longing or propensity in, in keeping people out. That God says, no, they're in. And James Baldwin says this, he says, I imagine one of the reasons people cling to their hate so stubbornly is because they sense once hate is gone, they will be forced to deal with pain. And I think Jonah is in this space where this place has caused him, caused him so much hurt and pain and his friends and family hurt and pain. And God is saying, go to this space so that they may Repent and know the love of God. Darkness cannot draw, cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Martin Luther King Jr. And as we close, I want us to see that the main character of Jonah is not Jonah, is not the fish is not the Ninevites. The main character of the story of God is God. Because in Jonah, we see who God truly is. Not from Jonah's words, not from the Ninevite response, not from the fish swallowing Jonah, not from those who are on the boat repenting and becoming followers of Yahweh. No, the, 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 the true image of God is the baseline through the whole story. The God of second chances, the God of grace, the God of provision, the God of love and great compassion, the God whose word finds us in the most unexpected of ways. See, good news and goodness will find you when you least expect it. 
but also good news will find those whom you least expect. Be open to the word that brings you life this week, that shows you the goodness in, that rests in us and the rest of the world. The word that brings hope and the word that shows us who God truly is. So gather as we journey. May we not be angry at God for expansive love. May we not be self-righteous and looking down at Jonah or the Ninevites. May we not be burdened with shame of how we think about these characters in this story. But may we sit and reflect and be honest with where we are as we journey in the way of Jesus. But embracing who God is, we find the ability to embrace our truest selves. So gather, go in peace this week. Look and be, be aware of the word of God that is pursuing you in this journey as we journey through Jonah. You are loved, in grace and peace. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.